Hey class, it's Ashley, and I'm excited to share that on October 26th, I'm hosting a Project Management 101 Masterclass for mid-level professional women who are ready to project management like a pro. I'll talk to you about how I've used project management principles to manage small and large projects, even without a project management certification or degree, and I'll tell you the primary pitfalls in project management and how to avoid getting stuck. Plus, I'll tell you the key things you need to make any project successful, including getting the resources that you need in project management to advance your career from your organization. Join me on October 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time to get a masterclass on how to leverage project management like a pro. You can grab your ticket at mentor-me.org backslash education. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org backslash education. I am so excited to dive into this critical skill and provide a masterclass on how to do it well, but also how to leverage it to advance your career in a meaningful way. Join me on October 26th at seven o'clock. Tickets are required and you can grab yours at mentor-me.org backslash education. Hey, this is Ashley. Hey, this is Marcy. And this is School on Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libation. This week in Mentor Moment, I am talking about project management. Last week, you'll remember that I talked about the five critical skills that mid-level professionals must have, and one of them was project management. So this month, all month, I'm super excited that I'll be talking about project management in the mentor moment. So noting that this is the first episode of October and Q4, um, I'm going to be just sharing in this week's video um, how project management is like how I've leveraged it specifically to raise my professional profile. A lot of people do manage projects all the time. People manage projects in their daily life. They've managed them at work. Uh, you know, if you've ever had to transport kids from one place to another, that can be a project. <laughs> but what's true is that um, you can leverage project management to raise your professional profile and be seen as someone who gets things done in your industry. It can make, have you um, be seen as a leader. It can also have you be the go-to person to advance your organization in a meaningful way. And in this week's video, I talk about specifically how I've used project management to grow my public profile and my professional profile. And one of the ways that I've done that is that I'm seen as a person who one can get things done, but I'm also seen as a person who can leverage and influence and woo other people <laughs> to get things done, who is a collaborator, who knows the right people, who can tap and engage the right people, who is a leader, but also gets people to follow them in a meaningful way. And so I'm really excited about just giving you um, an insight into how how I've literally used project management principles to position myself as an expert in my industry and also that helped me leverage my raise this year. Um, you all know that I talked about getting a raise and a promotion this year, even during the pandemic. And I was able to leverage project management to get exactly what I want without a credential, without another degree. And so I know that so many of you are like, well, Ashley, I don't have the credential. I don't have the degree. And um, you know, you all know how I feel about credentials. I want you to learn to use the one that you have before you go get another one. So know that I have leveraged project management principles without a PMP certification, without 
a degree in project management to raise my public profile and to garner a raise and a promotion this year. And in this week's video, I'll be talking to you about that personal story. If you want to know a framework for exactly how to do it, then you have to be at my masterclass on October 26th. It's a Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. And I'm so excited to really just teach and train around project management, not so that you can be a project management professional, but so that you can leverage project management in a meaningful way to advance your career. This masterclass is only $97 and this will give us an intensive time to really dive into project management, get you a great foundation in it and learn how to leverage it to advance your career. It's not just about knowing the tool, but it's knowing how to use the tool to get what you want. And you all know that that is my mantra. So you can grab your ticket to the masterclass at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R mentor-me.org backslash education. There will only be 15 slots available for this masterclass. I really want it to be small and intimate, and it's really important that I will talk to you and teach you and train you in class, and so that it needs to be a really small class. So only 15 slots are available, and it will sell out. So I definitely want to make sure that you're a part of it. If you've been waiting to work with me, if you've been waiting to get strategy from me as a mentor, this is going to be a great opportunity for you to do that. So make you grab your ticket today at mentor-me.org backslash education and I cannot wait to have you as a part of the masterclass. So this week and I digressed as promised from last month we are talking rest and on this week's episode we finally admit it it's time to take a nap. Rest is a critical self-advocacy tool, but too often we busy ourselves with doing the most and a million self-care activities that we actually don't have time for the rest that we need. So listen as Marcy and I talk about the power and importance of rest, what rest looks like for us, and how we prioritize rest and why we recommend you do the same. For me, Marcy, rest is like ease. Rest is often doing nothing. Rest is not having anything scheduled and rest is an invitation to slow down. How do you define rest? Yeah, I would agree um, with those. And I think that rest also depends on the person. So I don't think that it's a one size fits all, like this is how you rest. But I do think in particular that point of slowing down. So for the person that's a, a workaholic and is always doing something for that person to go or for that black woman, like I really want to just focus on black women for right now, for that black woman to slow down for her, that is rest. It's not a good thing to say you go from doing all of this work to doing absolutely nothing. Um, so I definitely think that it depends on what your specific needs are, but definitely this idea of like withdrawing from busyness and taking a step away from having to be engaged or feeling like you have to be on at all times. Sometimes I do think that rest is doing nothing. I also don't necessarily always believe that rest is sleeping. Sometimes sleep is not restful, but if you're just sleeping, if you're like, oh, well, I sleep eight hours a night, that's great, but that's not necessarily the same as getting rest. So I think that rest is something that is active, something that you're intentional about. Definitely want you to get good sleep, but also are there other ways in your day, in your life that you can find restfulness and ease as well? Um, 
And rest has not necessarily, like this is a very new conceptualization for me because I have always been like the goer, the doer, the busybody. My mom actually makes jokes all the time when I am like, oh, I'm taking a nap or oh, I'm not doing anything. She's like, what, you're not doing anything? I'm like, mom, we've been here for a few years now. Let's, you can let it go. I, I actually do rest, but it was not very important to me. I was definitely um, a part of grind culture. I used to, I remember right out of high school having two jobs, like hustler mentality. My dad has always been a hustler. My mom has always been a hustler. So I just had that kind of in my nature and resting just was not a thing. Don't get me wrong. I would sleep in on Saturdays. Like my friends would always joke about calling me in the morning and being like, oh, you're up before noon. No, not really. I just answered the phone because you called me. So <laughs> I was a, I was good for sleeping in, but mostly because I didn't sleep during the week when I was supposed to. So it has definitely shifted um, for me over the last few years, particularly when it came to health concerns and just challenges in that regard. The rest became so much more of a priority, and I realized how important rest was for me to be able to do my work and to be more productive. Um, so it's definitely changed over the years. Has rest always been important to you? It hasn't. And like you, um, I have always been a busybody. And even though it's more important now, I am still a busybody. But now rest is much more intentional. Rest is scheduled. Rest is like on purpose. Um, and, you know, shout out to the busybodies. Like we out here, you know what I'm saying? Like this is, you know, it's how I like to live my life. I enjoy being busy. I enjoy, you know, having lots of things to do, but I prioritize rest so much more um, now and the way that I make it fit into my life and into my schedule is that I literally schedule it. Like, um, Fridays, for example, are like definitely a restful day for me. I don't really do a lot of, you know, talking to people on Fridays. I don't do a lot of in my business, um, on Fridays at work. Um, I use Fridays as an administrative day. So I'm doing a lot of email or a lot of proposal writing, a lot of that kind of stuff where I can kind of just be in my head about stuff, but not have to like articulate things out loud to people. Um, I try to not do a ton of meetings on Fridays just so that I can really center like a rest. Um, and, for me, it is in the scheduling of rest um, that's really important. I try not to grind myself to the point where like my body's like, oh girl, you got to rest now. Like I try not to do that to myself. I try to be more intentional and planful. Um, and I think that like now as I'm getting older too, right? Uh, like I know my body would love to know like, oh, okay, around this time of the month, I'm going to need more rest. I'm going to need more ease. I'm going to need more, you know, um, just like super careful and, and thoughtful and supportive of myself. Um, and so during certain times of the month, I plan more rest or like after a busy time, I'll plan more rest just so that I can like really rejuvenate. Um, how do you like make sure Marcy and your super duper busy schedule, you know, being people's bosses and things, bringing on new, you know, professionals and things. How do you make time for rest in your busy schedule? Yeah, I definitely um, schedule it in. I think we kind of talked a little bit about this last week of how 
I start my day a little bit later so that I have time to get up in the morning. And again, kind of that rest and the ease part is not necessarily always just about not doing anything, but also this idea of not like rushing. So I get up and I have about three hours before I even have to see my first client, which really makes me adjusting and getting into the work day a lot easier. Um, I have different restful practices. So yoga nidra, restorative yoga that I incorporate throughout my weekly schedule, throughout my daily schedule to make sure that I am actively and intentionally devoting those times. And then in the moments where I don't have anything to do and I don't have anything that is necessary at the moment, I just don't do anything, right? So like one of my biggest pet peeves is just having a TV on the background because it's like, why? It's noisy, it's busy, why is it there? So just being able to sit in silence and just come within journaling is another thing that I have as a part of like my morning and evening routine so I've just really incorporated a restful sense of being into my daily life um, and that really does allow for me to have that in my busy schedule and yeah those are some of the ways that rest looks like for me too so just knowing the things that are restful for me really do help me to um, incorporate them into my day and I think another way the rest looks for me is sending my dog away so that I can have downtime um, and not have to be responsible for him. So my mom gets him on a pretty regular basis and we don't, like we can kind of sleep in or lay in the bed in the morning without having to get up and take a dog out. So I think that removing some of those responsibilities is another way um, the rest looks for me. What about you, Ashley? What does rest look like for you? When I do, so when I schedule my rest, it's usually doing nothing. Um, so like on Fridays, it's more of like an internal, like administrative day when I like do have to work, but am trying to prioritize rest. But then if, if I like schedule it on a weekend or a weeknight or just like even in the middle of a day, like if I take a day off or something, then rest actually looks like doing nothing. I try not to be on my phone during rest periods. I literally, like I'll read a book, like that's really restful to me. If I am on the phone, like it'll be with a, like a family member or a sibling and, and not because they need something but because I just want to talk to them <laughs> which is two different types of phone calls one is restful one is not um <laughs> so that is something um that I find restful um I think I also find restful like cooking that not and this is weird but like I find it restful to cook when I'm not hungry like, I hate cooking when I'm hungry because it's stressful. It's like, I'm starving. I'm trying to get this food done so I can eat. But if I'm like baking or doing something that's like, I don't need to eat this right now. I already ate. This is just food for future. I'm baking for somebody else. That's, that's really restful. And that reminds me, I'm going grocery shopping um, later today. And I am going to get some baking supplies because I'm going to bake um, this weekend, I think. And that'll be really restful. So I'm so excited about that. And I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because it helps me think more about like how I rest and, and how I can do that. But most of the time, honestly, rest for me looks like like taking off all of my clothes, sitting at the, on the couch and staring at a wall. Like that is peace <laughs> in my life. And I think one of the things that I, I really am intentional about is that I stick to a pretty rigid schedule. So that allows me to fight the guilt and shame of not being busy. You know, it's like, it's always something to do, girl. It's always an email to send. It's always something to do. So I really try to like, one, schedule my rest, but then also like be busy when I'm supposed to be busy, get things done when I'm supposed to get them done so that I don't feel guilty about resting when I am resting. How do you fight the guilt and shame of just like not being a busy body? I really go back to 
what life felt like when it was a busybody and not resting and remember that it got me into a hospital, it got me overwhelmed, it got me stressed, it got me sick and the benefits of resting. Um, I remind myself of those things and I also pay attention to the ways that rest actually makes me a lot more productive and a lot more able to be and show up in the ways that I need to. So when I'm not rested, I'm irritable, I'm frustrated, I'm easily overwhelmed. When I'm not rested, I'm not in a creative space. I'm not able to do the things that I need to do. Um, similar like you were saying, where you don't cook when you're hungry. Like, I don't want to do anything when I'm tired. And so the more that I rest, the easier it is for me to be able to do and show up in the world. And so I remind myself of those things. And then I stop taking in like toxic culture and the messages that this grind culture, the messages that I receive from that. I don't follow people that talk about sleep when you're dead and like your day should be filled with all of these things. Like I don't engage in any of those things. So I don't, have a lot of experiences of people shaming me or guilting me around um, not being busy. I have very supportive people in my life who make it very okay for me to rest and who don't like um, get frustrated or angry when I say, hey, I'm tired, I can't make it, or, or like, I'm not going to be able to commit to that this weekend because I'm resting, right? Like, I don't have people that shame me around that. So it's it's a lot easier now that I've kind of embraced that and I follow people, which I'll be talking about a little bit later, but I follow people who encourage me to continue to fight that fight um, and practice taking care of myself. And yeah, and those are the things that really um, make it okay for me to rest. Like, I'm okay with it because I see the benefit of it. I'm okay with it because I know what profound ways it's changed my life. And I try so much to encourage other people to engage in that behavior as well. Um, and so when I see the beauty of it and the ways that it has just manifested so many wonderful things in my life, it just reminds me that it's okay and that this society that we live in that has created this culture of grinding and the hustling does it's not made for me like it wasn't designed for me it wasn't created for me um to thrive in anyway so what's the point in me continuing to constantly give into something that really wasn't designed to benefit me to begin with so that's how I make it okay in my life what about you Ashley what makes what are the things that you do or say that makes rest okay in your life I think that I have been more intentional about like literally saying, oh, I'm resting, I'm resting. And at first, like it used to annoy everybody in my life because like, oh, you're resting, you're resting. Because like you said, Marcy, like with your mom, like, oh, now you want to rest, you know, it's like they're not used to you doing it. But I like literally start using the words like I'm resting um, to, to signal to people I'm not available to do whatever you're talking about. And I feel like now people get it and I don't have to like convince them that I deserve rest. I can just rest and I can communicate that and everybody honors that. And I think that that feels new and different and, and I'm super grateful for that. Um, cause that's not something that like I had previously. So I think like communicating that what I'm doing, not asking for permission for it, but just communicating like, Hey, this is a thing that is happening in my life. Um, has made it okay <laughs> to rest. Um, and I think for the person who feels like, man, like 
I just actually, you don't understand my schedule, girl. You don't understand these kids. You don't understand my work. Like I don't have time to rest. I invite you to think about the alternative. So the alternative is exhaustion. The alternative is um, overwhelm. The alternative is stress beyond measure. And the alternative is where you are right now. And you unhappy now. So I invite you to prioritize rest. And maybe that means a new career. Maybe that means a raise so you don't have to work as many hours. Maybe that means a, a, a hard conversation with your partner or a new partner altogether, baby. Listen, you, need, you better prioritize you. You better prioritize yourself and you better prioritize rest because you require it. You are a delicate flower and you require it. For the person who feels like they never have time to rest, Marcy, will you digress and close us out? What would you say? Yeah, for sure. I would say some of the same things, like figure out a way to prioritize it. We talk a lot about how we don't have time for things and how we can't put this into our schedule. We can't add another thing to our schedule because our schedules are so overbooked. Well, the point of resting is to unbook your schedule, unoverbook your schedule. So remove some of those things. Get off of Instagram or at least set a time limit around it. Like maybe cut out some of the TV shows that you're watching. There is, I don't believe that there is anyone in this world who is always working and not doing anything else outside of work. And so even if you are always working, that is another thing to question and try to figure out. Like, can you reduce your work schedule? And like Ashley said, do you need a new job? Do you need a new partner? Like even people who have children, there are ways to find rest. You just have to be really intentional about setting that side, setting that time aside and making time to rest because I guarantee you by you resting, you will have the energy to do the things that you need to do and you will be able to accomplish so much more when you're not tired. So make the time be intentional about it. Look at your schedule. Look at the things that you do that really aren't serving and really aren't necessary in your life. Stop using those avoidance behaviors to escape because I know that the world is a scary place that we don't want to be in it right now. And so instead of using your escape practices and your escape mechanisms, taking a little bit of time into your schedule to make time for rest is going to be much more beneficial for you. What do you call them, Marcy? Escape mechanisms? Yes, I Drag just her. made that up. Drag her. <laughs> I, I said, I said, hmm, hmm, did you say something about my mama? Like, <laughs> yes, get us right together. We digress. <laughs> all, uh, up next is All Black Everything. Marcy, what do you have for us this week? Yes, so in line with our conversation about rest, I wanted to share some of the people that I follow on Instagram who actually do speak to this idea of rest and do share some of these things that can help you to stay motivated and figure out um, how you can incorporate rest into your life more. So I know one of them is one that Ashley and I both worship and like really do value and adore. And it is at NAP Ministry, at the NAP Ministry. And essentially they are 
they talk all about liberating the power of naps. And so while we mentioned earlier that resting isn't necessarily about naps, they talk a lot about the power of naps um, and naps are a great thing. And while we're in quarantine, I really encourage you to try to get some naps in during the day, but they believe that rest is a form of resistance and reparations. Um, their most recent post from the Nap Bishop says, rest is always available to us. We must reimagine rest. My imagination has not been stolen by white supremacy. I'm free in so many ways because I have refused this theft. And so what I really appreciate about them is that they actually incorporate like systematic oppression and white supremacy and just this idea that we've been colonized into this belief that we don't get to rest and that we don't get to take time to ourselves and meditate and things of that nature. And so I really encourage anyone who is like resistant to the idea of rest or feeling like guilty or feeling that shame about it to definitely follow the NAP ministry because they will gather you and get you all together and make you feel like resting is like essential. Um, another person that I follow who really does talk about rest and um, being held and being supported is Octavia Rahim. She's actually my yoga teacher. Um, she was a part of the training that I participated in to get registered for yoga. And her quotes are all about resting. She has one recently that says, close your eyes, look, get quiet here, sit still and be deeply moved. And it just, like all of her posts just really speak to how loved we are <laughs> and how much rest is an act of love and rest is our birthright. She says that all the time. Um, she has another post that says, rest allows a place to cry, mourn, grieve, Rest allows a place to be held, to feel deep joy, to know protection and relief. Rest allows space to dream visions and reach across space and time for solutions that cannot be hurried. She wrote a book called Gather, um, which is really amazing. It has daily passages, devotionals, if you will, um, some journaling questions. She also did the pre text or the introduction preface, I believe it's called, to the restorative yoga practice for ethnic and race-based stress and trauma. So she's done a lot of work in um, the yoga world and the meditation world around resting and restoring. So I would definitely encourage you to check her out if you are interested in some more. And then last but certainly not least is Tracy Stanley. And she is another um, yoga meditation teacher. She teaches a type of yoga that I think I mentioned last week called Yoga Nidra. And essentially, it's the same kind of concept. She talks about resting and the manifestation powers of resting and what self-inquiry can do, um, how we are connected to our ancestors through resting. So those would be my top three if you are interested, especially if you're a Black woman and you're interested in getting into some of these concepts. They're all Black women. They're all Black centered and run and they are amazing and they're great and they are pretty much the people who have really encouraged me to have a new insight and a new relationship with rest and so I would encourage you to check them out. And I love that you shared ones that are on, on Instagram because many of us spend a lot of time on there and you know you get on there and you swipe and everybody busy and they're showing you your day and you just been literally doing nothing and there seems like no space for that right and so to be affirmed in rest to know it's your birthright the radical nature of rest is just like yeah that's good that's good and that's something that we need to be reminded of so thanks marcy and we are in the very scary month of october um marcy i know this is your jam so um i'm really excited to see what you have for us for tvt this week so I love October because I do love all things scary movies and 
Hulu and Netflix and all these <laughs> streaming services are like, yes, roll out the scary film. So I'm really excited about this month. And one of the movies that Ashley recently shared with me that I had not even heard of, so thanks for putting me on, um, is a movie called Bad Hair. And it is essentially about Black women and hair and the terror and trauma that we experience in trying to conform to a world that tells us that our hair has to be straight and um, flowy in order for us to be successful. So essentially the movie is set in Los Angeles in 1989 um, and the main character is a scarred survivor of a scalp burn from a mild relaxer perm. So let's just pause here and talk about how I think that we all collectively <laughs> in some way shape or form have experienced the burn from a relaxer perm. Um, she also has the smarts and ambition to be the next on-air star of a music video TV show. And as she's going into this process, one of her bosses tells her that the only way that she can actually be successful is if she has long, flowy hair. So she goes, gets her hair done, um, gets a sew-in, essentially. And honestly, the trailer was also triggering because it shows like the hair being pulled into the braids and um, just like it made my skin crawl because I know the pain to this day of getting um, sew-ins and getting my hair braided. So it's definitely a satirical psychological thriller. It is not, it's, it's more along the lines of scary movie instead of scream. So it's going to be a little like horror-ish, but it's also supposed to be a comedy. It has some really great um, actors in it. So it's written, it's directed by the guy who wrote Dear White People, or who directed Dear White People. Um, Lena Waithe is in it. Um, Kelly Rowland is in it. So lots of just beautiful Black actresses. Vanessa Williams is in it. So we definitely encourage everyone to check it out. It is going to be premiering on Hulu October 23rd. So if you want to get it right in time for your Halloween movie marathon, it's definitely add it to the list. It looks like it's going to be interesting. Indeed. And talk about a blockbuster. Come on, Kelly Rowland, Lena Waithe, um, you know, some heavy hitters. I'm excited about that. You know, this is a film that I'll never see because even a little scary is too scary for me, especially around my hair as I plan to get my lace front updated soon. I will not be watching anything about the trauma of hair. Um, it's my lived experience. <laughs> Um, but I keep it cute though, and obviously that's what matters. Um, so but I'm excited for bad hair and just seeing um more black folks on film on screen is good. And I remember Marcy talking about like black people in scary movies and just like you know how we kind of get lost in that or we have to die first. And I don't know, like um, so I think that just you know, knowing for people who um, like the genre and to get more of it is, you know, I want people to have their things. Um, so I'm, I was happy to see it and, and tell you about it immediately so you can talk more about it. So, uh, and if you watch it uh, and you love it, um, let us know. That wraps yes. up. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes, I'm nervous that it's going to be like slapstick comedy. <laughs> even as I was looking at the trailer, I was like, mm, what is happening here? But I'm just hoping, I'm hoping that it is just it's good in entertainment. So far, whoever has seen it already has rated like three stars or something out of 10 or something like that. But you know, they always hate on that. So hopefully, it's <laughs> definitely a good report. 
Yeah, I just want to see Kelly, uh, beautiful self, grace the screen and get her a little airtime. And um, I feel like Lena Waithe is just, I mean, I mean, that Thanksgiving episode still gets me. So I don't, you know, she can't do no wrong in my eyes. So, so yeah, so I'm sure it'll have some, some, some bright spots for sure. Um, and I think the lead actress is maybe new to us. I haven't seen her in a lot of work. So just, you know, knowing that she's getting some shine there too and getting to work with some heavy hitters is, is pretty cool. And it, it just really is nice that a lot of these films are coming out on Netflix and Hulu. We do not have to leave our homes. And that's the joy in all of this. Um, we can rest. Uh, that might be a rest practice for you. So. So that wraps up this week's episode of School and Life. Thank you so much for listening. As we go into the fall, this is a great time for you to share School and Life with a friend, share it with a coworker that you actually like, uh, share it with your cousins. Um, we are trying to grow the class. So we love when you share, when you listen, when you tag us when you're listening at School and Life Podcast on Instagram. It's a great way to stay connected with us. And we will talk to you next week. School's out. Class dismissed.